Thank you for praying for us. Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. Very interesting story. And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country <clears throat> and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and so journeyed in Gera. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gera, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, She is my sister. And she, even she herself, said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning, and called all his servants, and told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham, and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee, that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet indeed she is my sister, she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me at every place where we shall come, Say of me, he is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes and all that are with thee and with all others. Thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Father, we pray that you will bless the reading and studying of thy word to each one of us today. Now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now verse 2 and also verse 11 and 12 of this chapter. Here's Abraham's deception. Uh, this pictures a man's heart. Now, here's not a, a young Christian doing wrong. Now, get the picture here. This is not just a young Christian doing wrong. Uh, this is an experienced child of God backsliding. There are several things we can learn from this lesson. Number one... This is the second time Abraham has committed the same sin. 
which means Abraham never really fully confessed the sin and got rid of it. Same as much of us today. Number two, we can never really know what's in our hearts until circumstances brings it out. Peter never thought he could ever deny the Lord until circumstances changed. Peter said, Though all forsake thee, not I, yet Peter uh, was strong in many ways, but Satan knew uh, his weakness. Here's what I'm trying to say up to here. Uh, All of us have a weakness. I don't care who it is. Every one of us have a different weakness. And God uh, and Satan knows exactly your weakness. Your weakness. I I used to say, I heard a preacher say, the devil knows exactly your button to push. And your button might not be my button. And what he meant by that, that you might be tempted by something that I'm not. But all of us are. And what the Bible says, we all have a weakness here. Now get this picture because it's very important to what I'm getting at. We all have a weakness and Satan knows your weakness. And he knows mine. Again, it took 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to teach the children of Israel what was in their heart. Go with me just a minute to the book of Deuteronomy and I'll show you uh, just what I'm talking about here. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what is in thy heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doeth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man live. What this whole story, I think, is about, that uh, sometime we get lifted up, Sometimes we think there's nothing going to get us. Uh, I mean, ain't nothing can change my uh, way that I serve the Lord and the way I love the Lord. But uh, God lets us go through some things sometimes to humble us. In Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, uh, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. God wants us to trust in Him and fully trust in Him. God lets us go through times of discipline so that we might know how weak and nothing nothing we really are. We need to cling more to the Lord. We have no religion, no more faith than when we have times of trouble, we'll bring it out. It's easy to trust God when everything is going well. But what about when you lose? I was trying to lead a lady to the Lord, and I've been talking to her several times now, but she has a problem in her family life, and I don't want to go into that, but what I'm saying is she has a problem. And now, she's not saved. She's without the Lord. And I sat there and listened to what she was telling me, and she's so distraught, I mean so troubled in her mind. And I thought, she had no hope without the Lord. I mean, who's going to change all of that? You know what people want to do? They want to come to the preacher and they want to pour out their heart to the preacher and they want the preacher to turn a switch in their life and everything's fine. It don't work that way. 
Now, I love to help people. I love to pray with people. I love to read them the Word of God. I love to tell them that Jesus loves them and wants to help them. But I can't do it. I can't just turn a switch and change everything in your life. But there's one that can. And if you don't have Christ in your life, what hope have you? There's no hope for you. And as a Christian sometimes, we get self-sustaining. We get to, to the place that we think we can handle everything. But then God lets some things come into our life to get us to realize, wait a minute, I need the Lord. And I need to lean on the Lord all the time, not just some of the time. Now, and how often we fail when we're tested. Uh, so here's the point that I'm getting at. And you look at Abraham the first time I read this story, and I said, you rascal, you'd already done this one time. And you got caught, and here you are doing it again, and now you're getting caught again. But you know, the more I read this, I have no right to condemn Abraham because I'm in the same boat as he is. Now, the only perfect person that's ever walked the face of this earth is Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what about uh, when you lose a loved one, or when you lose your job, or when your marriage breaks up? Uh, uh, a child of God goes wrong. You think about all those things that can go wrong in our life. What are you going to do? We need to lean on the Lord. Just last week, a young man came to me for five years now. His wife been left him, and he just don't know what to do. He's a Christian, and uh, he really loves the Lord. And a young man, and I said to myself. Uh, did you have anything to do with it? He said, Preacher, I didn't have nothing to do. I wanted her to stay with me. I wanted to do it. I did everything that I could get her to stay with me. What can I do now? I said, ain't one thing you can do, and that's trust the Lord. Because I believe this with all my soul, God will be good to you if you'll serve the Lord. Amen? Whatever's coming in your life, if you'll stay true to God, He'll still be good to you. And you got to stay true to God. Now, Every time Jesus was in distress, his heart overflowed with perfection. Now, when he was hungry and tempted by Satan to supply his body's own needs, that is a bread, Jesus lived by every word of God. And so I, I challenge any child of God, if you want a blessing during the time of trouble, go to the word of God. Just rely on the word of God. Rest on the word of God. Uh, when he was hungry and tempted, Jesus took to the Word of God. At the well, he was tired from his travels, but he was not too tired to tell the words of grace to a Samaritan woman. When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not again. You know, we got this attitude of, I'll get even. I'll get even. No, you won't. Not in this world. There's no such thing as get even. Now listen. On the cross, Jesus prayed for forgiveness for those who, who uh, was crucifying Him. He also uh, had time to save a repentant thief who was hanging there with Him. He also had time to provide for His mother. He had time to yield His Spirit up to the Father. Although He was dying, He still kept His heart right. And here's the point I'm making. Do you know what we need to do? We need to keep our heart right with God. I don't care what's coming. Even in the time of death, we need to keep our heart right with the Lord and keep it guarded all the time. 
Abraham and Sarah's compact, uh, they made a uh, deal together, shows the weakness of their faith in God's power to take care of them. Hey, Abraham, uh, first time I ever read it, I said, You sissy, you're leaning on a woman to take care of you. And you won't take care of yourself. But uh, his faith dwindled. The same kind of weakness is in most of us. People trust God to save their soul, but yet they're afraid to trust God with their bodies or their daily lives. I just believe this. If God can save my soul, He can take care of me. Amen? I don't care what it is. He can still take care of me. The marvelous grace of God is demonstrated here. Uh, notice God did not cast off Abraham and Sarah for their sin. Now remember something. The Bible says they did sin here. Now notice, but yet God didn't cast them off for their sin. God not only did not cast off Abraham, but he interceded for him with his enemies. Look at verse 3 with me. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, <clears throat> thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. I, I've said this a many a time, and I really believe this. I believe God will take care of me. I don't care what I do. Now, I want to be right with God all the time, but if I make a mistake, I still believe I'm in the hands of God. I still believe I'm a child of God. And I still believe that God's going to take care of me. Now, watch this. Here is perfect proof that God has complete control of all His creatures. Think about it. God moves men around in His will. I was talking to a man just uh, this just last night about uh, <clears throat> how could Biden be our president? And uh, we were sitting talking about all the crazy things he said and done. And, and uh, I said, you know what? <clears throat> if he gets elected, he's still my president. As much as anybody in this country. I have no desire for him to be so. <clears throat> but I do know one thing. It would have to be God's will because God said he ordained God. Amen? And he, he works and he moves men around. We get the idea we want what we want. But God said, no, I'll move around. He works in every man's heart to do his will. Listen to this very carefully. <clears throat> Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Now look at verse 6. <clears throat> Genesis 20, verse 6. And God said unto him, in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now you think about the circumstance here. Here's Abraham, and I believe that Sarah was one of the most beautiful women on the face of God's earth at that time. And he took her, but God restrained him from touching her. And only God could have done that. Now, you just think about the whole circumstance of that. Now, the question is often asked, why didn't God stop Adam from sinning in the garden? You know how many times I've been asked that question? If God hates sin so much, and He made Adam and He put him in a perfect garden, why didn't He stop Adam from sinning then? The answer is, God permitted sin 
entered the world by Adam to show God's marvelous grace and every opportunity a sinner comes to him for salvation because God draws them to himself. You know you don't get saved just because you want to get saved and any time you want to get saved. God deals with you, but God does the drawing. And we have to, every time anybody gets saved, by God's grace, you have to say, God did that. Amen? And you have to give glory to God. The most marvelous thing, and I believe the greatest miracle in the world today, is when a sinner gets saved by the grace of God. Now, I want you to watch this. Genesis 20, verse 8 and 9. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, Now I want you to watch it. It's very important to me. Did you know that even the lost knows sin is wrong? Even lost people know sin is wrong. In Romans chapter 2 verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. One last thing that I want to give you here now to this morning. Notice the difference in the way God looks at a child of God in his sins and in the way the lost looks at a child of God in his sin. Here is restraining grace. Here is illuminating grace. And here is directing grace. Verse 7. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. I read that and I said, wait a minute. God didn't take his prophetship away, if you can put it that way. He's still a prophet of God. You know, I, I deal with so many people that think they can lose their salvation. I mean, they get saved and they, they slip up and they make a mistake in their life and they think they can lose their salvation. But here's proof you can't. Because Abraham had committed a great sin before God. And God calls Abraham a prophet right on. God still says, He prays, I hear. All Abimelech saw in Abraham was he was a liar. But God saw in Abraham Christ Jesus. The Bible says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now the child of God is always under, number one, the protection of God. This is a mark of God's uh, tender mercy and uh, uh, simple care of sinful men. That's the protection of God. The child of God is always under the reproof of God. God often permits us to be rebuked by the world for our good. Then the God is always the child of God is always under the honor of God. God is always better to us than we deserve. Amen. Now, if you go back and study this story, Old Abimelech said, "You know, and I believe he thought this: you ought to be killed." But God said, "No, he's my child. Amen. He's my child, and I took care of him." Aren't you glad? And I, and I mean this from my heart. I, I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. I told a man that one day, we was talking about salvation and how long we'd been saved and so on. And I said, 
Praise God, I'm a sinner saved by grace. He said, not me. Since the day I got saved, I've not sinned the first time. I said, you'd be a liar in town. And I told you, it just came out. I'm sorry, but that's one of the biggest lies he could ever say. Because the Bible says that we all commit sins. Amen? And I thank God right on that I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. And I tell people, and I mean this, and I, I had a, a just this past week talking to a young man about his former pastor and, and there, there were some things that happened there in his church. And uh, he said, I just don't understand that preacher. I said, buddy, you're looking at the wrong man. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus because he's still a man. And I don't care who he is, he can make a mistake. Amen? And who are we to condemn somebody else? We're in the same boat. I was preaching just at uh, service uh, Thursday. And I said, did you notice anything that, uh, you know, there was some things going on there. And, and uh, I said, uh, aren't you so glad that God doesn't put sin in the categories? I mean, we say adultery is terrible. We say murder is terrible. And we say child abuse is terrible. That's a terrible sin. And we put them in, this is one kind of sin, this is a worse sin, and this is a terrible sin over here. And I said, you know what God does? He throws us all in the same basket. We're sinners. And we all need to be cleansed. And this story about Abraham here is it, it, it lets us know even though he was a prophet of God, God did not take his prophet away from him. He was still, after he sinned, God still said, he's a man that preaches the word of God, and he's still uh, after my own heart. Amen? And you got to remember that. Don't let the devil trick you into getting down when things come into your life. A man asked me, a woman asked me just this past week on the phone, I was talking about, why does all this happen to me? I'm a Christian. And she, she had some bad things happen in her life right now. And I said, God, my, it could be that God is testing you to see if you stay true to Him. And God wants your true love. He wants your true service. Stay true to the Lord. It might be that you have a testimony to the Lord that somebody's watching you, and they, they're watching to see how you're going to react to what's going on in your life. That's a testimony to the Lord. And we must stay true through testings. And when you do, somebody will look at you and, and say, hey, that's a real Christian. Amen. That's the kind of Christian I want to be like. There's many reasons that things happen to us. But God, we don't lose our salvation. I'm still saved by the grace of God and not by my works. Amen. Father, would you bless the study now of thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.